comic book fans everywhere, you are now listening to the official Crossover Comics Podcast with your hosts at JJ's Comic Stuff and at Longbox Entertainment. What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the Crossover Comics Podcast. My name is JJ from JJ's Comic Stuff, one of your hosts. My co-host with me, as always, is Longbox Entertainment. And we've got a guest today to talk about a character I don't read very often, but I know this guy does. This is Loco Monkey. Co- or I'm sorry, say your name properly. My brain just completely. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so to be to be fair, there you've changed I, your name. Like I twice. changed my name on New Year's. I, I I just felt like I needed a change, so I went from Loco Monkey Comics to Chaos King Comics. It's still the comics thing, but I am about all things nerdy. Lit, lit, lit. I was, I was about to say, I was like, man, this man got about five different names on TikTok. <laughs> it's three. It's three. It's three right now. It's three names right now because I do have the sports account. Which, so you guys know I love you. Just, just so you know that I love you guys. I'm giving up watching football, playoff football, to be on this podcast and talk about nerdy things. So that's that's how much I appreciate you two and how much well, I appreciate we definitely the crossover appreciate comics. you making that time. Uh, Definitely, we love you, I, I, we really do. I, I planned all around it. I planned completely around it. Been looking forward to it since uh, Lombox reached out to me about, "Hey, read this Hulk run," and I immediately started reading it. And he's like, "You weren't supposed to read it. Yeah, it's supposed to be fresh on your mind right before." I was like, oh, "I'll just read it again." <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I mean, it's not like you're rereading something that's bad. True oh, that. it's true. That. It I, I mean, really come good. on, it's it's. Jeff Loeb and, and Cell, like like that's that's a dynamic duo. Pardon the pun, because my one of my favorite Batman books is The Long Halloween, and and now you bring those to mm. my favorite character. You bring those two to my favorite character as a team. It, it is it's it's just wonderful. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Actually, speaking of comics and speaking of all that, so like Loco, how did how exactly did you get into comics? You know, tell the people a little bit about yourself. I think I'm a product of the 90s. Um, we had a really good era for animated comic book TV shows. Uh, that's part of the content I upload, right? I've been doing the, the intros. You got the Spider-Man the animated series, X-Men. But as far as it goes with the Hulk, it was 100% the Lou Ferrigno show. My dad was a fan of that, and he explained the character to me. And, of course, really? he knew him. Just, he did. And my dad is not a comic book reader, but he knew the character because it was a very popular TV show. And it was one that he really enjoyed watching. So he explained the character to me. As far as picking up comics, and I think it was Kieran Comics that you had on the show. And yes, I listened to this mm-hmm. as much as possible. That talked about like these little pamphlet, booklet type of things that was the Avengers and Spider-Man. And I, I could just think of the Avengers number one cover. That's the one on the cover. And then... I don't think it's Spider-Man number one. I think it's a Fantastic Four book with Spider-Man slinging across the roof. I, I wish I had it in front of me, but that, those were the first comics I read, and these little booklet things. And ever since then, I was hooked. But I did take a long time off of reading and collecting, a very long time. Yeah, I, mean, I think most people do, yeah. yeah. Like, there was a period of time where I wasn't collecting anything and so, which is surprising, you know, but yeah, it happens. Sometimes you got to take a break. It was a 15 year break or close to with, with very <laughs> limited pickups in between. Uh, 
it, it wasn't a popular thing like it is now. Like, like you'll see kids walking around with mm-hmm. Black Panther uh, sweatpants or a hoodie or Marvel t-shirt. Right. I, I saw a kid with like a new as, as a high school kid day. or even like an elementary school kid in the 90s. You had to hide how big of a nerd you were from certain people. Like the acceptable nerdum back then was WWE and, and mm-hmm. WCW. And that, that was, was just was still barely okay. Yeah. Yeah. You could get away with that. But I, I took a 15-year break. And here and there, I would pick up comics, especially trades. I picked up Watchmen. But one thing always stayed true to me, especially when the movie started coming out. I love The Incredible Hulk. Like, I don't really know why. Maybe it was just my dad explaining to him when I was a young kid. I had a glow-in-the-dark Hulk toothbrush with the purple torn-up shorts on it and everything. But i just been obsessed with it. I, I haven't rewatched the 2003 movie because I had a good memory of it. And I refuse to go back and rewatch it because I will not ruin right. that memory. I'm I'm not gonna lie, Loco. Like when we um when we start actually talking about the book and everything, um, I'm gonna mention the 2003 Hulk movie because there's a there's some stuff that the the 2003 Hulk movie got right, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. deserves more credit. Oh, it does. It does for Especially sure. It, after... I think it's just in terms of CGI and what they did that was bad was really really bad. Right, right. It was also 2003, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, CG was still very in its infancy at that point. You know, YouTube had just become a thing. Like, <laughs> that is true. Let alone good computer graphics, you know. That is true. That is definitely true. The PS2 so I- had just come out, if that gives you an idea. A long time ago. Well, we at least remember that, right? Right, JJ? Oh yeah, I remember hey, it vividly. <laughs> I remember the PS2. That was like one of my first consoles, man. Come he's on, like, he's like, I got See, that it was because like the third generation of consoles I'd had. <laughs> like, As a yeah. matter of fact, in here alone, I have an N64. I have a Nintendo 64, just like right over there with with the, the game in. I got the, a GameCube the, and a Wii the, in my closet right there. Yeah, I mean, I you just never gave those ones up. They, that that was peak gaming, but you ever. You ever have to like blow off the cartridge? You know? Oh my gosh, dude! That that was a constant. That <laughs> okay, was a constant. We're, we're but... off on a tangent now. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're actually here to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen, is a story from right around that same time, actually. So it's a good little segue. It came out in two thousand four, I believe, and that is Hulk Gray by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yes. 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 And I have a hot take to start off with. Ooh, I'm not, already. I'm not a fan of the art in this run. <gasps> I'm the one oh. that's supposed to say the controversial opinion, JJ. I know. This but is gonna I be figured I could take the load off your shoulders this episode because I knew that was going to be a hot take. But I'm not a fan of the art in this book. So, so just to correct you, this is from ah. 2003. The, the run is from 2003. Okay. Yes, yes. And I do have the book in front of me in case anyone's like, did he just know that off the top of his head? No, it's I have it in front of me. And I was, I was <laughs> back checking because I have OCD say, about I've it. i app open, but I'm also got the app open onto issue five. And that yeah. probably came out January or something of 2004. Yeah, because so. yeah, I have the was, omnibus. <laughs> this was uh, October 15th. So this was issue uh, one came out October. So it ran, it ran over. So it over, it overlapped. But, but yeah, as far as so, controversial like, I don't know goes, why, but... This, this, uh, 
I don't know what it is about the artwork in this, dude. I just it didn't appeal to my eyeballs at all. So I know I'm in between you, both of you, on this because there's parts that I enjoy it, and there's other parts where I'm like, uh, I think they could have done a better job there. There's like certain pages or certain panels that are really, really nicely done in my opinion. But like in general, I was like mm-hmm. – For for me, like the standout art pieces in this were the two-page spreads where it was just art, like that one scene where he's fighting Iron Man and it just covers the both pages. Oh, man. It, it's so be- – I know I know y'all read it digitally. I read it physically. Yes. I, I wish y'all got a chance to read it. I, like, I'm probably going to pick this up. Physically because physically. it's beautiful. Yeah, you this should, is I one should. I'm probably going to add to the bookshelf for sure. It was definitely oh, yeah. worth reading again. Yeah. Well, well, I know it, it might have been a challenge for, for Longbox to think of something for Hulk for me to read because it, it always seems like I'm a regular on, on this character and or I try to be. And – of course, to ask both of you to be like, hey, let's all read Immortal Hulk. That's a 50-issue run. And then exactly. do, do you want to yeah. stay with with the traditional, <laughs> it seems like everybody's go-to is World War Hulk or Planet Hulk. This is so different than what I'm used to with him. And it's a really good retelling of his origin. And I, I know mm-hmm. it, it, might, it might start off kind of confusing if you really don't get into it. Like if you were to pick it up, read the first two pages – and then shut it and walk away. You're not going to understand what's going on. It's, it's gonna, you're going to be left a little confused. That's me. I know why, that was me. <laughs> I, I know why he's laughing, but I, I know he didn't do that. Because he's texting me. He's like, hey, uh, I, I didn't know this happened. in the. I didn't know uh, Doc Samson was originally this early in. I was like, no, he appeared in issue 141. <laughs> Right, but the way they retold this, like I like how they gave him a like he started like they acknowledged that he started out as gray, which none of the other is gray, which none of the other comic book runs say anything about that. Well, not just It's just that. well known that in the first, like, what, two issues, he was gray. Yeah. Not beyond that. Beyond that, he actually acknowledges. He actually says, I have a theory on why I used to be gray and I'm not anymore. In, in I think, issue two, oh, yeah, when he's he talking does. to Doc Samson, he actually acknowledges that, hey, I know they changed some things on me. But he's like, I'm not going to get into uh, that. Ah, yeah, he does. He does. But yes. It was like but, a meta type of way. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like that. Like, yeah, meta. But you didn't catch it wall. at first. You had to really think about it for a on, minute. On like, second read. On second uh, read, I caught it. <laughs> and, and not mm-hmm. just that. What about kind of like the homage to kind of what the Hulk is, a horror character? It's, yeah. It, yeah. He's, he's knocking on the door. He's Frankenstein. He's Frankenstein's monster. Or he's mm-hmm. he's Doctor Jekyll mm-hmm. and Mister Hyde, right? Like just loses that temper, gets very angry, but he's standing at that door and he's narrating his past. But it leaves you that wonder because they mentioned Tony Stark keeping logs of every fight. I he's like, no, they erased it. Part. They erased it. I love it just because it's I Tony Stark getting whooped. You, you guys know how I feel about Tony Stark. You want, you want a controversial Bro. podcast? Let's talk about how I feel <laughs> about Tony Stark. Got his. 
rear end handed to him. Yes. As he would. Yes. As he would. I was like, no wonder he didn't record that. No wonder and, and, he didn't record that. And you know what's funny? I loved it. I loved it. What's funny is I didn't snap that it was Iron Man at first. I didn't I didn't piece in my brain that that was Tony Stark sitting at the interrogation room sipping on whiskey. So this is a very good throwback to what he was sipping on his glass of whiskey. Yeah, because and if you look real closely at the bottom uh, little word bubble from that. Uh, what Betty, oh, what's Betty the general's name again? Ross. Ross, Ross, when Ross yeah. is said, is talking to his daughter in the hallway, it goes down to that little word bubble, and his daughter asks, "Was that?" T-? And and it cuts the word bubble mm-hmm. off where it just says "T O," and that I didn't even catch that at first. I'm like, "Who's she talking about?" That was who. And then you know, I seen the Iron Man suit, and it was like, Bro, "Oh, okay, that obviously I, I know who that was now." <laughs> I caught that immediately, bro. Like as wow. soon as she said tone, and I looked at the the character model, and I saw that little that little mustache, really and the fact that he not. was drinking. And, but see, here's the thing: I have never been like that huge of an Iron Man fan to where I've read a lot of his comics or anything. So like, it didn't click in my head as quickly. I and then the it, fact that when the general said he was like the lead and like. Uh, munitions and and whatnot. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's totally sorry. It, it just didn't click in my brain. But I finally see him roll up, and I was like, they got Iron Man in here. Like, I I don't remember this being like early in the mythos either. But they acknowledge it. Like Doc Samson's like, you never fought him that early. Like, are you just making? He's like, no, no. He, he I fought him. There's a reason he he scrapped all this memory. That's, that's, there's a reason. I, I beat him pretty bad. It was a a perfect retcon. Perfect. Dude, retcon. It, it was a great fight, honestly. That as as far as comic book fight scenes go, I, I thought that was well done, like really well done. Because mm-hmm. you have Tony taking him shots. up, yes, where he blindsided him. Yes, and I think that's where the artwork really shines in those two two page spreads. I I think so too. Mm-hmm. I think so too. There there's points because I. Lombox, I know you're a fan of how he drew Thunderbolt Ross. I'm not. I, it's just something. I, and maybe you can answer this better than me. I just don't picture him as being that old. I, I know he's always portrayed as old, but this is like 1950s, 50 year old, where he looks like he's 90. You know, fifty-year-olds don't something? look like that anymore. <laughs> he really does look like he's like getting real close to retirement age. You know, but, yeah. Like, well, actually, he looks like looking at this picture here. It looks like he should have retired ten years ago. Got, got to tell you, something. as somebody that that's in the military and that's been around generals, yeah, they look like that. Okay, okay, so okay, okay, so you you just debunked me, but obviously I'm I'm a civilian, so. <laughs> Keep, keep that in there. Keep that in there. We, we're, I'm going to send that to. Generals watching our show. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Another uh, uh, spread is that's really nice. Is um, what issue is this? I don't even know what issue it is because it's digital. But it's a Hulk, not monster, dude. He's just smacking down. You see all the light coming in from under his fist. It has that onomatopoeia of the Cthulhu. Underneath, and you could mm-hmm. see, like, you could see oh, his yeah. traps just bulging. His forearms are massive. His fists are just hitting, dude. That's ideal picture of Hulk right there. That that is what you think when Hulk smash. 
Yeah. Or when he, another one I did like of the Hulk in that one was where he is uh, standing over Betty, and he's like, "Don't yell at Hulk; it make him angry." And he's just staring down at her like all menacing, yeah. like like oh. Like he's about to snap on you. Like <laughs> I love, but, I love how Betty uh, talked to the Hulk. Like she was like, "Okay, I got you. Don't yell." <laughs> that 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 is an intelligent individual. She realizes I messed up. I need to step back now. Like, <laughs> well, well, not just that, but you know, as as a married person myself, you know, I, I'm much taller than my wife, and I know better than to even slightly get upset because they're scary, you know? So th this is like a very true thing of your woman will put you in your place. If you start stepping out of line real quick. <laughs> well, cause she does kind of yell at him at one point. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like, did you roll the trash out? We're like, no, I didn't. I'll do it later. What did you say? And it's like, he just kind of like, and then she snaps like, oh, okay, I better not make him mad. He's, he's a little bit different. Cause, uh, I don't know. I, I, that takes me back to the movie, even where where he's standing over the the ledge and thundering, and he starts to roar at it. I thought that was a great. I was just about to say that. I was like, that was a good callback in that movie. Yeah. Um, when the the lightning and all that stuff, I was like, wow, this is that exact scene. And the fact in that scene, in in the movie, he does look kind of gray yeah. just in that one second, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful I, like after i read that scene i had to pull up that the actual movie clip on my tv because i was like i need to see this just talking about it right now i want to pull up that clip like i'm I'm like itching just to like switch over and and do that but i know we're in the middle of a show so i don't want to just like hold, hold on guys let me pull it like no like you <laughs> know we'll, I, we'll I do for the after. viewers is after you know after we get done recording this i'll make sure there's a graphic put in here and we'll show a little <laughs> clip or something yeah okay um you know what a heartbreaking uh, few pages was in this book, though? And I, I don't know if you guys could take a guess at it, what I'm about to say. A any guesses? Um, the bunny. I, the, oh. the bunny was... The bunny. Yeah, the bunny. Yeah, He's holding that. the bunny. He's saying friend. The the bunny looks terrified. Like, you, like Cell did a tremendous job on drawing this bunny rabbit. The, the bunny rabbit looks horrible horrified he's holding his hands yes and he, he just he just wants to be his friend but he's petting it and he crushes it and it's kind of like him realizing i can't have friends even though i'm trying to be kind i can't have friends so it's kind of that dichotomy of even though he wants to be good and friendly doesn't want to hurt anybody he really can't control it it's it's yeah. it reminds me of uh, Lenny from Of Mice and Men, where he tries to you know he wants the puppy and he wants to pet the puppy and he's too strong and he doesn't realize it and he accidentally kills the puppy and you know he tries to make the girl later in the movie be quiet and he accidentally kills the girl. That's right. Like it's the same deal. Too big, too That's strong, it. not smart yes. enough to know his own strength. Yes. Yeah, and it, and and I love how you can see how it really frustrates the Hulk. Like the fact that the Hulk persona has a problem with being called a monster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be a monster, and he like the first thing he says after that scene, he's like, "Ross, say Hulk and monster." Like I'm not. He doesn't want to be that, and I and I love that because that's something you don't really. 
see in more like modern depictions of the no. Hulk. They don't show mm-hmm. really the Hulk's inner feelings, and I like that. Well, in more modern stuff, they, like they kind of embrace it, kind of. You'll see them kind of embrace him being that monster, yeah. like, I am the Hulk, like, I I could take all of you, I'm the strongest. Mm-hmm. But this one is more of a... Maybe not... Maybe not a humanized, but it shows that he still has feelings. Even though he's this rage monster, he still has these these emotions. Mm-hmm. And when even when to go back to like the Ross, well, and he obviously part, still has Bruce's memories. You yeah. know, yeah. Well, yeah, he goes yeah. straight to Betty. Yeah, but but even even <clears throat> when he's talking with with uh, with Leonard Sampson, he he sees the pictures of everybody else, and he sees Thunderbolt Ross, and his immediate reaction says bad guy like or bad i don't remember exactly what the bubble said but he's pointing out like he's bad no he said uh he said hate hate hate. there you go hate he's like you hate him no he hates me it's it's that understanding that he like they don't get along but there's also panels that they drew look so this might go to the artwork being towards the better end of things like i said i'm somewhere in the middle i don't like how ross was drawn but there is moments that stand out to me and it's half the Hulk's face and half of Ross's face and they kind of put it together and they're they're looking at each other and then when he's holding Betty and he know he says he's like they got the reports that I could withstand bullets the bullets can't hurt me ah oh, and yes. he's holding her and yes, he's that, concerned about that's them my favorite scene yeah he's concerned that the ricochet will will hurt Betty but mm-hmm. Thunderbolt Ross is all in, like just fire on him. I don't care if she gets hurt. Like for one, they're trusting them to hit the Hulk and not Betty, who's in his arms. Mm-hmm. Two, you already got the report that he's bulletproof and it might ricochet and hurt her. So all he does is just step down, bust up the ground and just, he drops her, right? He just lays her on the ground and he jumps away, which is another callback to the old movies where... He's jumping two, five miles, whatever it was at a time. Right. Okay. And can I, we, I can like, we, go ahead. Oh, you want me to, okay. I feel like, like, just on that scene, like, I hate to say, like, Bruce Banner, he had same, he had some bars, bro. Like, he was speaking, like, bars, like, and I, and I just want to read this one part. Um, he said, he was going to let those idiots fire on me. He had heard the reports that the bullets would bounce off my the Hulk skin and steal with Betty that close, and I was the monster. I love that scene, and I'm glad Loco brought that up because it just shows like, damn. And the fact that that one scene comes full circle at the end, ah, just beautiful stuff. And all I was going to say was, like, speaking of the Hulk being bulletproof, can we just sit here and acknowledge the sheer stupidity of these MPs in the first issue of this run? This man walks up behind the Hulk and holds a bazooka to the back of his head (laughs) and says, what are you going to do at point blank range with a bazooka? Even if you get him, yeah. you're gonna go too. 
Like, yeah. I want to know what the thought process was in that, that MP's no- head that says, I'm going to aim a rocket launcher right at the back of his dome piece. Here's the like- thing about the, N- <laughs> the, the MP. I think you you mean to say NPC, because that's basically what these little side characters are in these comics. They're just NPCs that are just one thing. Like, no consequences for their actions. I'm just going to roll up on you with the bazooka. Right. And, and like, obviously, blank. I'm not reading comics for the realism factor or anything. No. But... That one, I, I looked at it and I, it immediately clicked in my head. I'm like, why is that dude standing so close to the back of his head with that rocket launcher? Like, that would hey, not be a good I'm, idea. I'm just going to say, you don't have to have a high ASVAB score to become an MP. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all I'm going to say. I, I, I was going to shift us to, to another fight that shows that the Hulk is not a monster and he despises being seen as a monster. And let's go back to when he he's pummeling Tony Stark. So so he's pummeling yeah. him in the in the water. I, I, it looks like a river, kind of. I can't you know I can't really tell right now. But he's swinging on him. He has, he has Tony down already. He's just swinging on him. And here comes Betty to try to stop him. And as he's coming back to punch again, he knocks her into a rock, busting her head open. And mm-hmm. I think this was foreshadowed with the bunny rabbit. If you think about it, just with with the blood and how it looks on the page, mm-hmm. yeah. where he doesn't want to hurt her, he he cares about Betty very much. I mean, that's the first person he ran to after he became the Hulk. Was Betty, and he even says, "I could rip off the door." Mm-hmm. So it's all foreshadowing to me, and you even see like the shock on his face. I think it's issue five on box if you're looking for it. And oh, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Okay, and uh, you know you you see that Iron Man's already defeated. His, his chest is ripped open, all the cables and everything's hanging out, and he gets her, and he's trying to fix her. He's doing everything he can to fix her. I mean, he breaks into like a garage just to get some gauzes and stuff, but ultimately, yeah, he gets a big like, first aid kit, rips it off the wall. Yeah, and it's just like it shows that he really does care about her <laughs> and not really wanting to harm anybody. And you've heard, you guys have both yeah, heard even me go says on Hulk, rants. Sorry. Yeah. And, and I, I know both of you guys have yeah. heard me go on rants that it's always kind of the same story. Hulk wants to be left alone. They go looking for him. This is perfect examples of this, right? Perfect, perfect examples, except for the first part where he goes to Betty. I mean, he did, he did go to Thunderbolt's house. That's kind of where he messed up. He went to Thunderbolt's house. He was in his yard, but outside of that, yeah. it, it's right. Kind and of, I mean, how, how can True. you really get mad at somebody getting mad at a literal monster for as far as they know showing well, up on well, their front door? At that time, what's interesting is Thunderbolt knows it's Bruce. If you if you look at it, kind of the way he words it, because he says Ross, and Ross says he knows my name. And I think he pieces together of Bruce Banner's missing, mm-hmm. but now we have this Hulk thing we're dealing with. And then the treatment of, of Rick is kind of hilarious to me that he i don't remember him being like what's what's a good word kind of like a, a wise gave guy me jimmy olsen vibes okay maybe, maybe that maybe that but i was gonna say like a wise guy like you know smart alec like kind I mean, of he like, was a, definitely like a smart kid. ass yeah yeah and and um yeah He's yeah. like, oh, I don't know the Hulk. And the next thing you know, Hulk's ripping through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Like, oh, yeah. And he's like, Jones. And it's like, oh, you don't know him? Like, like you, you just said you don't know him, But here like he, he is. Just to save said your friend. name. <laughs> yeah, like, like he's here say, calling you his friend. And then it, to me, it's just hilarious. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But, Rick but, was one of my favorite characters in this story. I really enjoyed Rick. How about when he finds the Hulk? What do you think of that that spread? When uh, when he finds Bruce Banner, he's just laying there and you see his legs. He's like, "How did you find me?" He's like, "Oh yes, uh, wasn't that hard?" All you see is just it's a not path really of hard to find. Yeah, <laughs> all the destruction. Yeah, you know. And, and speaking of the destruction, I love the fact that like you know how he's talking to uh, Samson throughout the book. And I love the fact that Samson was like, have you ever noticed like the Hulk never killed anybody back then? Like there was no lives lost. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like the Hulk, he's not just a, he really just wanted to be left alone. He never wanted to really hurt any, anyone, not just Betty, but like just anyone. Did now, you the know only thing he team? actually ever killed as far as this story goes is the rabbit. Yep, which was accidental, and that was a complete super. accident. Yes, mm-hmm. like like he he had no intention, and that's actually a theme with the Incredible Hulk is he doesn't kill those that haven't harmed him. He doesn't go after you if you haven't harmed him, and if he's fighting mm-hmm. you and he just really leave him alone. If he's fighting you and he doesn't really have a reason to hate you, he doesn't go all out. Even in um, World War Hulk. That was a theme in there, especially the Hercules tie-ins. Obviously, a Hercules fan. Mm-hmm. He talks about that. Amadeus figures that out and says, "Look, he hasn't killed a single person. Yes, he's caused billions of dollars of damage, but he has not killed a single person." Excuse me on that. I... <laughs> but it, you know, it, it's just a theme oh, yeah. with him. Like, like he's this crazy monster, but he doesn't doesn't kill. He really doesn't kill. So I think that's what classifies him as a hero. In the sense of how we think of heroes, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and it's kind of weird because, like, gosh, I hate to, I hate to say this, but you know me, I gotta say some slander. Like the fact that um. Popcorn rice. Want to know some more fun facts? Isn't it awesome to see some of your favorite content creators and favorite people, honestly, you follow here on this app, be a part of this amazing community called The Nerd Initiative. The Nerd Initiative presents The Comic Press Podcast, hosted by JJ's Comic Stuff. This made me appreciate the Hulk so much. I'm like, you mean to tell me the Hulk knows not to kill, but Zack Snyder's Batman is out here killing people. I, I just had to say that. I just had to say that. I could one I'm up sorry. You. I, I, hey, I had to mention it. I, I could one-up you on this. The yeah. Hulk knows not to kill, but Thaddeus Ross, Thunderbolt Ross with prep time, is taking a chance on killing his own daughter by firing yes. on him, by ordering his men to fire on the Hulk with prep time. Yeah, I know he's not Batman, but he has prep time. Iron mm-hmm. Man had prep time in this. So, you know, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. It, like, and that's this episode's mention of prep time. Prep time. It gets brought up every episode. I even made a little graphic that everybody will see when you see it. <laughs> well, well, when I'm reading it, that's the only thing I could think of. Is like, yeah, prep time. I'm also going to start a prep time counter for the podcast and see how many episodes in a row we can go with somebody mentioning prep time. Uh, Can you guys (laughs) no matter what we happen to be talking about? Imagine if this this gray Hulk had prep time. 
you know, he would have had the firewood oh, ready man. at the cave. He wouldn't have gone out to look for it. It would have already been there, and he would have had a nice little canopy behind him instead of just letting the rain hit himself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so Lombox, I got oh, a question man. for you. Why mm-hmm. why were you thrown off at the beginning of the, the time frame of it? Like, like, did you know it was a retelling of the Hulk story? Or, or what was okay. it? Okay, so, um... I'm dumb. Okay. <laughs> like I, uh, so, so as y'all know, like I own, I own the omnibus that contains yeah. the story. Right. And the only stories I've read out of this omnibus was daredevil yellow and Spider-Man blue, which tell stories about the past, but it's all in like flashbacks. Right. I don't know why I didn't think about that for this one. I knew going into it, that it would be a retelling of like Hulk's origin. So I guess, I thought going into it, like, oh, we're just starting straight up with, <laughs> with this. And I was like, oh, Samson's there. I was like, I always thought Samson came yeah, later on. like, it didn't really go into what he was doing that caused him to be at the explosion site. Yeah. They said something about it, but they didn't really yeah. show it. They just showed, boom, Gamma Bomb. So, so I was like, oh, like, what is this? But yeah. So it is the retelling, right? I, I've read Daredevil Yellow, which I believe he does through the letters, right? He, he's writing to... Mm-hmm. Karen. Just, Karen. He's writing to Karen. I haven't read uh, Spider-Man Blue yet, but that's that's obviously on the list. And then there's this one where he's in therapy, and that's how they're doing the flashbacks. I think that's what's so creative about it. I don't, I don't know what Spider-Man Blue does to retell the stories, but I do like this format of uh, retelling. Okay, so cassette tapes. I, I like this format for the storytelling. I think it's a really good technique and it makes it a little bit different that he's in therapy. And if you think about it, Doc Sampson has the strength to kind of fend off the Hulk. I mean, if it got serious, I don't think he could really take him, but there's been times where he's yeah. been able to knock He could him survive out. the encounter though. He, he could survive it. But imagine being Bruce Banner's therapist yeah, just Man. he's telling you stories that just enrage him. That's a ton I was of baggage. Just about to say that's a lot of baggage. And and I like, bro, the fact that he was like talking about your father, he was like, we've kind of like went over that a little too much, you know. <laughs> well, well, what set he him off was what set him off was when Rick Jones lied about him being his dad, and he's like, I don't know why that upset me. Maybe because of thoughts of my own father, and of course, Bruce Banner's mm-hmm. own father was not a good individual. And it sh- it shows the gamma bomb, but it, it goes abusive. into it goes into it with with Rick Jones of oh you went out there just to to brag, but then we get a little bit more into Rick and we find out oh he doesn't actually have anybody he has his kind of his aunt probably like a foster parent or something that's actually taking care of him they say hey this is your aunt but outside of that he doesn't have anybody and I liked how they had him like you're like a hulking you're you're a Hulk. And then just everybody all of a sudden knows that. That kind of I kind of didn't like that. It went from him calling him that to suddenly everybody. But it was only on theory. Does he know who the Hulk is? Like, so we all just use that name for him. Like, it just or was it just put out in the ether and it's like, oh, he's a Hulk. Well, you know, he said it. Remember, but, um, but I think called himself the Hulk in front of uh, Ross. But I think Ross was already calling him that, wasn't he? Or was they still calling him the monster? 
Uh, they was calling him a monster. So it's in the mm-hmm. scene, okay. the scene where he pulls up on his house. Yes, right? you're right. You're right. Um, and he's like, because he says like Hulk smash or something. He says yeah. something Hulk. And then he was like, okay, whatever this Hulk is. Yeah. So. Okay. But that's right. That's right. Which is kind of a callback to Frankenstein. Because mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster, mm-hmm. they never had a name. And a lot of people get that nope. wrong. A lot of people think that. The monster a lot of is Frankenstein. Think that monster's name was Frankenstein, but it's Frankenstein's monster. It's the scientist. And I and I think in the book, it's been years since I've read it that they just called it the monster. They would just refer to to him as the monster, mm-hmm. and this was how this was going. It's the monster, yeah. You know, it's crazy when you think about all these like Frankenstein references and like callbacks, especially when you think about like Frankenstein was like one of the inspirations that Stanley took to create the Hulk that and you know Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde which holds so and true cuz <laughs> yeah and this in this story it feels like a old you know black and white horror movie and i like that like it ah. did give me some uh, old alfred hitchcock vibes in certain panels mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> You know what I liked about the black and white at times was when they actually u- utilized the color in it. So everything's black yeah, and white. Yeah, when they would splash the green into it. The green or – it doesn't seem like they really splashed much else besides like the, the text and stuff. But the mm-hmm. green and the purple, like when he's jumping and screaming Hulk smash – it just pops in a different way. It almost feels like unfinished page that they just like colored that part and they like meant to get around to it later, but it just, it looks so good. And then the genius of calling it Hulk gray, just because that's his original color and how well it just flowed for this retelling of his story. I I don't know. This this is definitely up there in one of my favorite Hulk runs. And what's funny is prior to you, Bringing it up to me, Longbox, I kept looking at it like, I guess I'll read this one someday. Like, it doesn't, like, appeal to me. I I, I don't know if it's the cover, but, of course, don't judge mm-hmm. a book by its cover, right? But it just didn't appeal to me, like, as a Hulk story. It's like, right. oh, I'm going to read World War Hulk, Planet Hulk, Immortal Hulk, Peter Davids. I'll, I'll just pick up any random issues of him over the years without rambling off 50 different Hulk runs. And this was one I kept looking right, at. I was right, like... Right. I don't know how I feel about this one. And then I read it and I'm like, this is one of the better ones I've read, like by far. Yeah, it's deep. Uh, I mean, back to actually calling this story Hulk Gray, because basically there's an overarching theme of not everything is black and white within the world. Mm -hmm. There's always a little bit of gray. And I, I just, I, I right, just, just love like this you know, stuff, you Thunderbolt know? Ross isn't a hundred percent evil and psychotic, but neither is the Hulk. Neither I, I is the Hulk. Yeah, uh, this actually made me hate him even more. It made me hate Ross even more. Just, just oh, yeah, no, I still don't like Thunderbolt Ross. Like he, he's like still Ross a hateable character, hundred percent. Even how he treats Betty, though, like. He's there. He has those prescription pills for her mom. We could fill it up on the base. Nobody has to know about it. Uh, and the whole I was st- like, "That's illegal." <laughs> yes, right. not just that. But 
But it's it's the Hulk saying, "How does somebody with so much love in her heart come out of home out of a home where there was none?" And, and Ross mentions his wife and says, "You look so much like her, and I fear you're just like her." And it's like, hmm. Makes you think what Ross, really happened to her mom. He has a lot of he has like a pow, like a power control problem. And, Very. And uh, one part that really like set that in for me is the interrogation scene with Rick Jones, and he accidentally called him a captain. And he like flips oh, out. And he corrected him real quick. Yeah. yeah, he was like, "You know what these stars mean on my jacket?" Like, oh man, like he went. He said, "Good attendance." <laughs> That was funny. I was like, "Rick Jones, you're you're amazing." And like, I'm like, see, that's some smart ass shit. I would have said and got yeah, slapped. Yeah, well, that, that goes back to him being yeah. the smart ass guy of this, right? He, he's just a smart ass teenager who yeah. put himself in a bad situation where he should have been turned to ash, honestly, or nothingness. I don't. I really don't know what the effects of a gamma bomb going off that close to you should be. You know, apparently turn one person it's got to be similar to, you know, an atom bomb, a hydrogen bomb, all that. And I I really want to say, I, I, don't, right? I don't know if it's a Mandela effect, but I want to say the original Hulk was off an atomic bomb test, right? Or has it always been gamma? It, it's been always gamma. A gamma, okay. So I might, it might just be the Mandela effect in my brain or, or just having the, the base knowledge of history where it's the atomic test at the Trinity site, but... Right. Saving Rick. And Rick is unlikable, but he's like that unlikable asshole that's your asshole. He's like, you know what? You're almost intolerable. You're yeah. insufferable. Exactly. But we're you're you're mine. You're you're my he, friend. So you like, get to be he's like, like a that. loco. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say every friend group's got one of those guys. And I, I you know, I you say that but I can't tell you how many times I've been with, with buddies or something, and that usually is the descriptor for me, right? Think of American uh, reunion. <laughs> American reunion at the end with Stifler, and he just comes in. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that he's our, you know what? You know, without getting into the vulgarities too much, he, he's our guy of that." Right. So, right. so I'm like, you know, I take pride in that. Like, I could be a little insufferable. I could be a little off the wall. I'm sure both of you guys were like. Should we have him on? Like, like, how's it gonna go if we actually get him on here? Oh no, we, we it, was, <laughs> no. it was an easy choice, honestly. No, bro. <laughs> Longbox suggested been... it, and I said, "Bro, you know how much content we're about to get out of that episode." Well, well I, I, I listened to the one with <laughs> Hillbilly. Yeah. I listened to the one with Hillbilly, and you're like, "I wanted both of them on." And you're like, "Dude, we don't have three hours to to do this, so let's get them separately." <laughs> that would be interesting because to follow, to have me follow up Hillbilly, what were you thinking? That that guy that guy recommends books to like high level readers. He's crushing people in the trivia with comic books. He's the one that tells me like like he and appreciates the book for what it is. That's and me, true, I'm like, oh, yeah, was, I read that book. What what was good about it though was it was everybody's first time reading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were yeah. talking with Hillbilly about fables, it was even his first time reading well, through it. Dude, just so listen to you guys. That, listen that to was, you guys. For sure, even it out a little bit <laughs> makes makes me want. I mean, to go the same thing with this, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you guys. Oh, oh bro! 
I've been going crazy about it. I even made an Instagram post about it. Like, bro, like I, I've been going crazy. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be making one about God Country. That, oof, that's a good read. Donny Gates. But I still need to break into that. I've got the trade for it over there. At my, I, I ordered shelf. the trade. I, I read it online, but I decided that this is worth having the trade in my collection. Th this is another one where I'm probably gonna get the omnibus that uh, Lombok's there has with the. Uh, Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, and Hulk Gray. I, like I said, I've read two of those stories, and both are phenomenal. So I, I just have to imagine a Spider-Man title has to be solid writing and good storytelling, especially at that time. We'll definitely have to go over all the other colored books, I guess you could call them, since they're blue, yellow, gray, whatever. Yeah. And, like, dude, yeah, Spider-Man Blue is really good. It's what very, was... very, like difficult to read sometimes just because of how sad he is <laughs> so sad bro it it yeah well, it will make I'm you feel lie. even like, worse I, for peter parker than you already feel for him most of the time was, was which power is rangers really something. popping off at that time that marvel's like hey let's try to do our own power rangers like we'll just start giving them colors and then they can morph into bro power somebody. rangers has been popping off around here since like <laughs> 1992 no i know that i know that <laughs> no, but like at that time that these books got published was it like suit like at its peak was it like the golden age for power rangers like hey let's just do that with our marvel characters i don't think so no not in my opinion <laughs> actually actually you know what i you know what i think it is the fact that all three of those stories like came out during like the early 2000s i really think it was because of the movies yeah because you had a daredevil movie you had the Spider-Man movie. That was their first know, attempt at an MCU-type thing, yeah. So they were trying yeah. to revitalize all the franchises yeah. and all the characters. So, of and course, the only thing like that really made a, The only thing back then that was really successful was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Yes, yeah. yes. Even though I don't think those are... Whatever. I don't, I don't want to say nothing controversial. No, JJ, no, 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 no. I got to hear this because we, you want to get controversial. Other... <laughs> <laughs> no, the way I describe it is the Toby movies were very, very Silver Age Spider-Man. Yes. They, they uh, were very campy. They were a product of the early 2000s horrible cinematography that was going on. So, so speaking I just of feel the like, really obvious uh, green screens, the very obvious CGI. I just feel like the Toby movies, they kind of misunderstand, like, the story of Spider-Man. I mean, especially if you, like, look back at that original Stan Lee, Steve Ditko Wait, wait, Sam Raimi's era, misunderstanding like, the story. Book? Sam yes. Raimi's Or at least the movies. They had to change... <laughs> Let me, let me let me finish. Let me finish, man. Let me finish. I, I'm a, like, like, I think Sam Raimi, I'm not going to say he misunderstood. I just think he had to change things because he knew audiences probably wouldn't like Spider-Man. Because the story of Spider-Man is about this incel kid. And, yeah, I called Peter Parker incel. Literally, in the first issue, he asked a girl out on a date, and she turned her down. And he was like, "Oh, they're gonna get theirs one day." Ah, <laughs> like it's it's about that kid. It's about a jerk, an asshole who gets bit by a spider. His uncle dies, and he has to learn how to not be a jerk. He becomes a good person. Yes, that's what it's about. the 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 Sam Raimi movies are about a good kid who gets powers, who has to learn not to become a jerk. 
Because he's trying to go after his toxic girlfriend. Because he's trying to go after his toxic girlfriend. Who so, yeah, was I, that, done that's my only like, issue with this. Very poorly done. Y'all, y'all know how I feel about Mary J. Well, uh, that was, I think yeah. that Kirsten was a victim of poor script writing for Mary yes, J. I think one. so, too. I think she she's was. a really good actress, well, well, that and was, that was not her best outing. That was a star-studded cast, if you, really, if you really think she, about it. Oh yeah, it Willem Dafoe. You had Tobey Maguire. You had um, Kirsten Dunst. There was like a whole. Was it was James Franco in that one, or was he with James the next Franco? One? Was in all James three. Franco, yeah, he was in there. My problem yeah, is so. they just they made they made Mary Jane so insecure, which is not Mary Jane at all. Well, Mary mm. Jane was a very confident woman. I'll say, go back and watch the 90s animated series. Yeah. She straight up walks up to the front door, first time meeting her, and she says, face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Pulled straight out of the comics. Pulled straight out of the comics, bro. Like, that is one of my favorite moments. Like, dude. But but in danger of this becoming a Spider-Man show, let's go back to the Hulk and... Let's talk about that 2003 <laughs> film that Lombok said he has some thoughts on it and what they did right. Like, oh, like, like I said, yes. I, there's a lot okay. from this this Hulk Gray that my memory took me back to that yeah, film. This, and this will be a good final segment too. So and Yes, it was. I, I, I know we just did like a little random thing, which we do all the time. I fine, hope our yeah. listeners are used to that. Well, it's that era. It's oh, that era. Should be by now. All, those, all those movies were around the same time, so so that's fine. But I would say this while reading this, uh, when I read like the Bruce Banner scenes, I heard uh, Eric Banner's voice in my head from the 2003 Hulk movie. Like I, he, it was his voice I heard. Like the fact, hmm. the depressed feeling of the Hulk reminded me of the 2003 movie, and the fact that they mentioned his father and the abuse mm-hmm. that he went through. That is. Only in the 2003 movie has that ever been mentioned in a Hulk yeah. live-action project. So, so, yeah. As far as that, it's kind of weird that they have the Zorbi Man as the enemy in that. So, of course, that, that kind of throws it off. And then, to kind since we're talking about the color, the color books from that era... Daredevil Yellow does retcon it to be Victor Krill that fights his father in that in that match. So of course yeah. the Zorbi Man is is mm-hmm. tied in there, and the poodles were weird. But what I felt like the movie did right was looking at the scenes where the Hulk is leaping or jumping to his next destination. He's jumping everywhere. He's not flying, but his legs are so powerful. And I remember the previews for that movie. It was like the Hulk could jump five miles at a time or two miles, whatever it was. I mean, it's been, it's been 20 years. So hopefully people don't get mad at me for misspeaking. Right. Like, Oh, he's not a real Hulk fan because he can't remember ideally what this was. Get over it. People. It's been 20 years. And 
to me, that was. I don't even nice. like the term "not a real fan of anything," but that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. I, I get you. I get you. But you know, just him leaping from place to place—that that really brought back those memories for me. And just being out and about and having to face these challenges. I also liked in that movie was how he got bigger as he got angrier. So when he's there in San Francisco, he's he's a giant. He's he's a hulking Hulk. At that point, you know, I actually kind of like that. The poodles were bad. Don't we? We don't do the poodles, but everything else was decent. I forgot about the poodles. Oh yeah, yeah. The the gamma irradiated poodles. I forgot mm. all about. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So so yeah, his dad was abusive, but he, they made his dad. Uh, did I say Victor Krill earlier? Carl Krill, right? The absorbing man. Yeah, the exorbitant. Yeah, they basically made his dad the like, why, nice why, why? <laughs> yeah. I think they were trying to, like, write in a reason for his, like, absorption of the gamma radiation rather than getting killed by it. Could make so sense. So they're like, yeah. oh, his dad's absorbing man. Yeah. In, like, meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, the absorbing man's over. Or they were just trying there. to do the lame, the lame 2000s thing. By making everything connected, you, y'all remember that like weird thing? Like everything had to be connected. Like yeah. they made it that Kingpin killed Daredevil's father in the Daredevil movie, so that way you got that little connection. Even though in the comics there wasn't connected at all in that way. No, but, it just like, happened to be. Yeah, well, like, in they the same story, everything. like. Yeah. Well, well, to get back to it, I mean, how many times have comics been changed to fit a movie? I, I know Lombox has done great content on, oh, they, they kill off these characters because the movies are coming out. Wow, shocking. They got rid of these. The X-Men got put through it. The mutants got put through it for a while because Marvel didn't own the rights. Hey, we really don't need characters. We're going to throw you off to the, the side for a bit until we kind of make you so unpopular that when we bring you back in, we could monetize it and profit off of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, exactly what it is. And I, that's how and I people feel about, just call me a conspiracy theorist. Uh, and see, I think that's why the Hulk has this awful treatment in the films right now because they don't fully own the rights. He, he's a universal product. I mean, that, that 2003 Hulk movie mm-hmm. was a universal movie. Mm-hmm. And they still don't own the rights. And I think Universal is notorious for not giving these rights back. And mm-hmm. it could be yeah. less well, downplaying. I mean, once so, these comic companies... yeah, Actually, I mean, the, is, rights, the rights end this year. I, I remember reading that. That's why. That's, that's why Namor but showed up, right? It, it does seem like when yeah. these comic companies have to sell mm-hmm. off their properties, it tends that people don't want to give them back. Yeah. I mean, look I mean, at Spider-Man. They Before they got sold to Sony, Spider-Man was not doing so hot. You can't blame them. Sold them to Sony. Sony made a movie. Boom. You can't blame these these places for not Sony wanting to said, Oh, okay, that worked. We're not giving this back ever. <laughs> well, well, imagine being Universal and, I mean, and Marvel dropping the Avengers and setting records with like every big premiere. And it's like, hey, can we can we get the rights back for this one character? No, no, I think I think we're good. Maybe, maybe we could do a joint venture yeah. where we make a hefty amount of money off of this too. Exactly, and I mean, that's it's a good business now. move. Oh, it's a, it's a good business, business move. I, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I mean, the fact that Marvel was in that position to because begin that with. means all they have to do is put up a little money and they make a whole bunch. Yeah, that's why I always said I think Sony 
it would be dumb for Sony to give the rights to Spider-Man back. Oh, I, they're never giving that, that back. That would be a terrible business move. What is it they have to make like, like one Spider-Man movie? They're making money on name only. They have to do like one yeah. Spider-Man uh, tied-in film per year, right? To to maintain those rights. Actually, no. It's like as long as you do one Spider-Man movie before the contracts go up, you're golden. You keep it. Oh man, Sony hasn't made with that. Absolutely made with that, bro. Like, yeah. And and how often do they put out a Spider-Man movie? About every three to six years. Yeah. Yeah, got another one coming out this year, right? The only reason the new trilogy came out so fast was because they shot them all back to back to back, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which brings the because that's how the MCU does everything. Which brings the point of No Way Home, right? In the comics, the Hulk remembered Spider Man was Peter. Do you think they're gonna do this for the movies where the Hulk actually remembers? Hey, you're Peter. Or Peter Spider-Man. I don't know. Oh, because the Hulk is immune to a lot of magic. And uh, not just that, I think he was... So would Doctor Strange's spell have actually even worked? That's a good question, man. I think he was off-planet at the time, too, in in the comics, so that's why it didn't affect him. But the Hulk doesn't really get affected by stuff, because he's inside the mind. He's he's deeply locked away. And then it depends on which version of the Hulk. He's, like, compartmentalized in, like, eight thousand different compartments back there and many many versions did bruce banner ever meet peter parker though i'm sure did he now now that's a question in, i'm gonna have in to the movies i don't know I don't, i'm starting did, to think he may not have i don't because think he the met Civil peter parker. hulk wasn't involved was he no uh, thor and hulk were were off roll they were um doing their gladiator shit you guys, and then we didn't see Spider-Man in with the Avengers until but, but, Infinity War. Uh, Infinity War, and then he was gone again, and then we saw him back in Endgame. But but Bruce, so had they access. may have met in Endgame at the end, but but Bruce also had access to all the files, yeah. and he was in Hulk form all that time. He was That's the best true. Hulk. That so is if true. he reverts back to Bruce, and all the Shield files would have. Info but, saying that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Now, now, this is an interesting conversation. Is the Hulk going to remember that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are one and the same? Because did he ever meet him? Because that, that's kind of a letdown. Like, like, think about it. The Hulk loves the Bugman. He really does. He, he respects the Bugman. Because Bugman's strong. Bugman's strong, but Bugman is Hulk's <laughs> friend. Especially classic Bugman. Bug because, because early Spider-Man, so going... Apparently, we're going to talk about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Early Spider-Man was said to be on that level of the thing and the Hulk and still growing because he was young. So, it, yep. mm-hmm. and of course, Hulk respects those with strength. Except Wolverine. I don't think he really likes Wolverine. That's like fight on spite, bro. You, you just see somebody, they just square up. I like, think that's just because Wolverine doesn't like anybody either. So, you yeah. know. Unless you're Nightcrawler. <laughs> right or Jean Grey or Jean Grey or, Jean yeah, Grey. Yeah. or yeah. Mary Jane or uh, Cyclops now I get yeah. uh, we, not, we ain't gonna mention that Mary Jane part we don't Okay. One last Hulk thing. All right. Well, before Longbox has a condemnation, I think that might be a good place to end this podcast. Oh, I was about to mention Joe Fix It. I was about to mention the current Joe Fix It. 
<laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead real right, quick. We right. got we got another four minutes. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, I don't know if you guys have read it, but I, I've been hyped for this since September. I went back. I, I make my TikTok content, and I was like, dude, this is the run I'm looking forward to next year. It's Peter David's Joe Fix It. And I think this ties in perfect to a Grey Hulk because what did Grey Hulk ever land up doing? Oh, he went to Las Vegas and became a mob enforcer. And this new Joe Fixit run, let's just say the kingpin shows up in Las Vegas and he finally runs into somebody stronger than him. So what happens when you have Wilson Fisk finally meet somebody that could physically bully him around as he feels like? Oh, and Spider-Man's there too, speaking of Spider-Man and the Hulk being buddies. So if if you guys haven't read, Sweet, this, I'm gonna definitely have to check that oh, out. Oh, it's dude, and then the variant covers for it are absolutely gorgeous. I I had to read it online. Uh, our buddy Thorstorian kept wanting to spoil it for me, so I was like, you know what? Before he actually does, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it. So I I, I read it and I was not let down. Like I was super excited for it. It's it's by Peter David. I know uh, Lombox is a fellow fan of Peter David. JJ, I don't think we've ever had a conversation about Peter David. But I'm sure you're a fan because I know you I love the comic so. books, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's looking to be a solid run if it continues on the pace like how it started because it it started hot right out the gate and them just describing this Joe Fix It awesome. and people people not realizing that Joe Fix It is the Hulk it is kind of hilarious. It's just right. the myth of a man. And is talking like he might have superhuman durability. And it shows a car speeding through a red light and hitting him. And the car just goes flying, like crushed and like flying through the air. And he's just like. Because <laughs> he's no, not like too the big, you know, he's not like too big. Yeah, I think Joe like, right. is about eight foot tall, probably 400, 500 pounds. You know, he's oh, no, not that big at all. Yeah, that's not too big. Yeah. That's not too big. You know, that's and, like the, that's like the kingpin. You know. <laughs> oh, oh, well, he towers over kingpin. That for one, he towers over him. But it's an interesting thing to see kingpin finally put into this situation of he can't physically just bully you. He's he's not this guy that seems like he's fat who's actually really fast and two percent fat body fat. Like he's ninety eight percent muscle, but now you're running into like a pure right. being of power and Joe Fix is not really the rage guy, but you know, he can be break your legs and stuff. He's a mob enforcer after all. But this is what happens. This is what happens when you actually run to somebody that's willing to bully you back, which is another Hulk trope throughout the years. That is true. That is true, man. Well look at that. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget his secret is oh, yeah, guys, i think that is the perfect perfect place to uh end it for the night guys make sure if you haven't yet uh make sure you go ahead and read hulk gray because if you haven't read the full read like origin of the hulk it's a good quick retelling of it and you don't have to read a hundred issues of a comic book to get it so <laughs> um make sure you guys check out crossover comics podcast every other friday color break every other friday from that and then we've also got on the crossover comics youtube channel is a rock public radio amalgam talks and then over on the nerd initiative side of things we've got the comic press podcast we've got fandoms every other week and you can check out all kinds of stuff on the nerd initiative page my name is jeremy one of your hosts jj's comic stuff on tiktok and everywhere else 
Longbox Entertainment, baby. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, your mom's house. Never mind. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's me. Check me out. And all podcasts, you heard me. You heard me called Loco, but on TikTok, I go by Chaos King Comics now. You can find me on Instagram at Loco Monkey Comics, and. I kind of have a YouTube, but I don't really post there much. Maybe I'll get around to it, but it's also local monkey comics there. So if you guys want to give me a follow, go ahead. I like all things nerdy. There it is. As always, everybody, make sure you be safe, be kind, and take it easy.